the Soundwave Chronicles podcast brought to you by FD Productions engages in conversations with pioneering musicians, producers, and experts from the music industry. We get the inside scoop on what it takes to make it in the music industry today by delving into the sources of their inspiration, their creative process, and much more as we explore a wide range of their experiences. I am your host, Afterlove, and I want to welcome you today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I am very excited because today I've got a very special guest by the name of Malloy James. He's out of Philadelphia, and I just want to read off Malloy's bio because he has a, a very unique story. And the work that he does is pretty unique within music production. He's a New York City-based musician, composer, and sound designer. He just completed a new 15-track project that will be released in early 2024. And he's collaborated on sound design for projects with Lexus and the National Building Museum, a whole lot of other projects, which we're going to talk about uh, throughout this interview. And I want to welcome Malloy to the show. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Good, good. So yeah, pretty rainy out there today. Yeah, kind of it's, down in the dumps. I mean, it's typical East Coast, East Coast uh, well, all vibes. So I'm not mad at it. A good day to to like make some music and ah, some stuff. my thoughts exactly. You know what I mean? Like those are the best days to really create. But so you, you got to take the good with the bad sometimes, you know. And but, that's what we do as as sound designers, producers, yeah. people who love music. Yeah. I got my keyboard here. You got your keyboard there. That's all. I know. Doing. I peeped. I, I was watching. I was. I was looking when. Uh, when you first started, I was like, "Oh, you got a little, little something there." And where you're yeah. at looks like there's other space to it, so it probably looks like you have other stuff in there. I am. Yeah, assuming, so. this is my music production space. Um, yeah. But I don't want to make this about me. I, I got lots <laughs> to talk about you and and your exciting career. You've you work with Lexus, National Building Museum. Uh, you got yeah. projects from uh, some pretty cool things going on in 2021, 2023, um, yeah. which I really, I just want to mention now, cause I don't want to forget to get to that. Um, yeah. But before we do, could you just share with us when it all started? When you- I mean, music has always been something that's always been around in my life ever since I was super young. Um, but I didn't, I didn't come from that type of space of having like a parents that were musician they musicians they just were really into music my first thing was really sports I have uh I come from a sports family in a sense a couple cousins that played professionally hmm. um basketball professionally you got another cousin that just got inducted into like the track hall of fame in hmm. California or something like it, it, it's crazy it's crazy so that that was kind of my first start like was um I was playing basketball and so you're pretty tall happened you're pretty tall I'm not pretty tall I uh actually was just really fast and could jump really high like a Muggsy Bogues type of like really coordinated yeah 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 Uh, a little bit taller than Muggsy but yeah you're you're in the right right ballpark but um that was kind of the energy pun yeah 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 you're you're not you're you're in the you're in the spot um but so that that kind of was what I was doing but music was always this thing that was just present around in the house you know what I mean Mom was playing all the classics my dad um my biological father tried to be a musician he had keyboards around but he wasn't too good at it 
but um so i was i was i i would spend much like a lot of east coast kids in like especially kids in new york in the summertime you go to summer camp so i was like doing the basketball camps and the music camps at the same time hmm. pack summer so it always was yeah. around so hmm. fair enough. What, what kind of music did you like uh did you enjoy listening to growing up what, what was your what was your big inspirations uh back when you were a kid adolescent i mean oh adolescent you know it was uh Super, super good question. It was, it was kind of broad ranging because it was. Uh, I grew like up you listening to like rock, rap, uh, pop, everything. I was kind of on everything. I was kind yeah. of was doing everything. You know what I mean? Like that was like the TRL era esque. I was still really young in that era, but I was watching it, so I kind of got a mixture of all the stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the pop, the 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 some 41s of the world I had a, a phase where I was into that and mm -hmm. uh good Charlotte and stuff and then obviously it gravitated towards more like hip-hop R&B and stuff being mm -hmm. from New York and then it was that weird thing when Pharrell and N.E.R.D. started doing stuff and they were blending different types of genres and so, mm -hmm. so it's kind of, so kind of all over the place. So could you tell us about like what you're doing now in terms of the genres? What's your, what, what is your go-to genre or blend of genres that you're working on right now? Right now, uh, it's more of a neo-soul, neo-soul hip-hop energy. Um, I like to think of it more of like a, I'm really, I'm a big Erica guy. I love Erica, Erica Badu. That's the, that's the queen right there. And okay. then, um, and then, you know, a lot of the like more like um slum villagey type of stuff, like backpacky type of stuff. That that's kind of more what I lean to these days. But then I also have like on the last project that I did, I touched on a lot of like I had some psych rock in there, had a bunch of other stuff in there. I just kind of it's kind of hard to go in with one idea of just doing one genre because I feel like it limits too much. So I kind of not try to like leave the door open for everything, but it usually tends to sit somewhere in that space. You know what I mean? So, mm. so, you, so you try to uh, target a lot of different genres. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I see you, uh, you, uh, was it in 2021, you worked on Atelier or oh, 2022, you're blending hip hop, R&B, psych rock, and funk. Atelier yeah. 8 is, is your most eclectic project to date. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about that? Like, is that, is that the type of work that you want to continue doing or you just enjoy the challenge one-time challenge? Uh, I think it's something that I probably will continue doing this, this next project that I'm putting out isn't super as all over the place as far as like psych rock and stuff as Atelier 8 was. Atelier 8 was more of like, um, homage to when I like, I lived in France for a while at mm. one point in my life really? as an adult. And, uh, a lot of the experiences and sounds that were on that project were from like, just me kind of going back into that place. I went to France for a while and um, I'd worked on that project after I'd lived there. So that's where some of the inspiration for that came from. Interesting. So you were in France, what, for about a year, you said? Yeah, yeah. I I was, I ended up playing professionally for a uh, low, like uh, the equivalent to like, um, like a step above the amateur, like a uh, minor league basketball there so I lived there for I lived in a city called Nantes which is like uh maybe like an hour and some change out of Paris I was there hated it and um you didn't like it I hated it I, I hated it it was it was really fun for maybe a, 
the food yeah oh the food was really bad <laughs> to be no honest way. yeah Dude, bad uh, food in france and not yeah not as like it's like one of those cities that it's like small enough to be like it feels like a town but it's a little big enough that it's considered a city but they have really weird like in france they'd be putting mayonnaise all over your french fries and stuff like that that's not really my vibe personally but kind of guy i like ketchup but they wouldn't even ask if they would they just would just drench it in mayo yeah in mayo and then that's when i found out mcdonald's was like they treat mcdonald's like restaurants out there you know what i mean like found myself trying to like take girls on dates and they were like saying we should go to mcdonald's and i was like mcdonald's that's doesn't make any sense that's a little weird it seems sacrilegious to me to go to mcdonald's in france yeah yeah it's 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 wild but they they love it out there so i hated it so and and that kind of that yeah i'm dying hard. to go to france to try out some fine cuisine i mean if you're in paris yeah the, the food is great but not mm. not not uh it's probably not where you want to go you know i guess not it's, it's like a, how much you're willing to spend type of thing yeah that too that i too. guess you could be anywhere in the world and like if you're spending a lot of money you're going to get good food and if you're not you're not going to get food, good food. i mean I, I i tend i tend to say that uh unless it's mcdonald's which unless you're mcdonald's yeah <laughs> i mean new york new york got i mean got you know, I'm biased, but I feel like, you know, New York got the best food, though. Even though I will say Philadelphia also has good food, too. So I've been pleasantly surprised about that. Can't lie. Yeah. I mean, generally the tri-state. Yeah, Philly. Um, I, there's a lot of delicious restaurants in all over New York. Um, yeah. Although I happen to be a home cook type of guy, but I don't want to okay. digress too much. <laughs> I feel you. Um, but yeah, so I did that and I came back over here to um the states after 11 months over there and then that's kind of where i really decided to like say maybe this art thing maybe this music thing should be a path i should maybe dive into you know because I mean? you were able to earn a living in france doing it Is that what you're saying uh, uh no i didn't earn a, a making music no I yeah was, that's I was, what i understood no no, 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 I was I was I was making money because I was playing basketball professionally. Oh, I thought you said piano for the basketball league. I got totally confused. No, 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 no. I was playing like actually on the court for them, and then uh, I, you know, I was away from home, couldn't do it. Homesick. I was in a bad relationship at the time, also, so was, I had a lot of things huh. not going my way when I was out there. Okay, I left. You know? Okay, got it. Now, now I'm understanding. So then you came back, and then you decided you wanted to make give music a shot. Yep, yep, yep. And that's kind of how. That's kind of where I guess the earliest version of the professional story kind of starts. The origin story of that mm -hmm. starts. You know what I mean? So, where did you get the idea that music should be your full time career? Was it just something you just thought, "Hey, I love you know, I play music, I play piano." Uh, I got a talent. I, I'm going to put this to work. Or do you, do you have a friend who's maybe encouraged you or or somebody you looked up to, you know, you decide, okay, that I want to do that. Yeah. I had a, I had a ton of, I always was playing instruments because uh, I, I had a mom that kind of put me in every type of thing and made me learn every instrument that I could learn, you know oh. what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, I, and I always was like making records. I was writing songs and stuff like that with like 
a really close family friend and we were recording and messing around and even when I was in high school I would do it but I think that um it was one of those things I like to uh use this kind of example with it it's kind of like the best friend that always was around it's like if you have a if you're a male or whatever your preferences or into women or men you had the best friend that you really were into that was always there your whole life and you always just never really um thought of them in that way and mm -hmm. then at one point you guys both get old and realize that you're supposed to be together and then everything kind of falls into place so it, it music was always around I just mm -hmm. didn't realize that it was going to be my path and I think that one day I just decided to like say I don't really have anything to lose I just came back from Europe I hated it I don't really have a relationship going on I'm just kind of like floating why not shoot for what I want and then mm -hmm. that's kind of where it all where it all started and how many years have you been doing this since since that first transition back from France that was about 2015 and so hmm. 2015 now so a little under a decade I've been making music on that like on that type of path and professionally I've been doing it for about three four years full-time mm -hmm. I would say and your manager came in at one point uh in the, the process um or when did you decide that you needed a manager or did they approach you uh kind of was a little bit of both I have a team I have two managers if you will um mm -hmm. both of the one of them who I'm sure you've been corresponding with prior to this. Stan, um, yeah. She came in uh, around last year. Um, and that's kind of like who got the ball rolling. And I had another one who kind of was a close friend that I would like, I like to think of him as he kind of was the one that um, I had confidence in myself, but he kind of reaffirmed and was like, I think you should, I think this is what you need to do. This is, I don't see you doing anything else in life other than this. It seems like, and you're really good at it. So you should attempt it. And then, um, uh, I guess it's, I guess it's been more than a year, Dad. a little bit more than a year than I met my other manager and she kind of like put me in a really good spot and just kind mm -hmm. of, uh, just kind of put me in the rooms and the places that I needed to be. Cause half of the, half of the stuff is really just getting in the spaces, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people are talented. You know what I mean? In mm -hmm. this industry, I think it's just yeah. getting spaces first. And once you get in there, it's like um, I've tend to to find that when people also just like you, it's a lot easier for them to want to give you work. You know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. Yeah, personality yeah. definitely plays a role. Um, oh. could you tell us? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying it helps. I was piggybacking off what you said. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm. I guess occasionally I have some assholes making it really big in like Hollywood and stuff, but it does help to like be a friendly uh, personality and something <laughs> along with. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, um, I see. You did a project 2021, The Shallows, as the first major project mm -hmm. uh, featuring mixing, mastering, produ production, composition. You want to tell us more about that? Yeah, The Shallows was was that that first. Um, attempt to really um grab what I wanted to do musically as like a recording artist you know by the neck and really do what I have to do um 
prior to that, I had been working at like small studios around New York, just kind of doing like mix engineer work and stuff. And mm -hmm. I then just felt like I'm doing this and I've kind of got a hold on this. I know I have a good ear. So why don't I just make my first attempt and just put it out? Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, I I had always had other people help me with production, but I felt like I knew how to do all these things and play all these instruments and I know Pro Tools. And I, I, do, I, I do all of the, my tracking and recording in Pro Tools and Logic, and I do all the, like the production usually in Logic also. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just bouncing between them both. And I just decided to say, let's just, let's just see what happens. Let's make something that I want to make. Mm -hmm. and see see how it goes and that that was that that was the shallows you know what i mean so what's the chronology of these projects um are do you just sort of produce a song that um you sort of thought about or felt like you wanted to get out there um in a recording or do you sort of backtrack you you follow like what what a like maybe a music library or a company wants you to create and then you work on that song or is it both uh, are you speaking for like more like personal work or like the sync or like sound well, design stuff? The various projects that uh, um, like Atelier, the uh, Shallows, okay, um, different sound design projects. You know, when you work for Lexus, that's that type of stuff. Um, is it a sort of a case by case basis, or do you generally have a song that's sitting on the shelf that you already produced that you just thought like, okay, I want the world to hear, and then landed it on a on like a public project or a you know a a, a sponsored uh, corporate uh gig so for like mm -hmm. stuff i did with um like the shallows atelier eight brunch or chanel those were more um my mind just getting to kind of free flow and do what i want so those were more for me and then like a uh, rock roll and some of the other stuff that i've done for lexus and miami design issue those are usually um a combination of both like when i did stuff with um lexus uh like uh during like milan design week i kind of got to i was really lucky to get to kind of like do kind of anything that i wanted in the sense they kind of wanted me to stay in a specific ballpark but no those weren't sitting on the shelves i i did all of those from scratch they gave me kind of um buzzwords or keywords and said mm. create around this we would like this to feel like this Mm -hmm. bring these textures in and then I kind of had the space to just kind of like pull ideas out the air and incorporate different things I got really experimental with some of that stuff for sure and it was really mm -hmm. fun yeah and, and what's and so what's your preference uh, when when they sort of when a, a project is given to you and then you just have some flexibility to work around the the parameters of that project or do you just sort of like doing your own thing and then pitching it which which is your preference that's a really good question. I, I, um, I think, I think the because art's about self-expression, but then there's like a corporate aspect within yeah. art. Like, do the project the way I want as the CEO. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll because you're a sound designer, right? Yeah. So, so here's here's the here's the the tough thing sometimes with that is like, I feel like. And I'm sure you you agree or identified at some point. Um, the more you can do, sometimes the worse it is. The more things you can play, and the more 
plugins and the more like I have so many plugins, so many things that I could use, so many instruments sitting in here, like so many sounds. Sometimes when they're like, oh, just do your thing, it can get a little difficult because you end up like throwing all these things in the gumbo. Yeah. yeah. And then, then you sit back and you have to kind of like ring grill yourself in before you send it and be like, this is way too much stuff in this. So sometimes I'm not going to lie when they do give me parameters, like I just came back from Art Basel um, a couple of weeks ago. I did something down there again with with Lexus and the ICA Miami and that one had because there was like it was sound and trigger points with motion sensor it kind of like had to have you stay in a confined space of what you were going to do they had specifics um textures they wanted specific tones mm -hmm. you know like that so it made it a lot easier as opposed to yeah when i was speaking about the project i did in milan that was a lot crazier or when i um, worked with uh, Jermaine Barnes in the the design district. It was like he was giving me notes. I want it to feel like this. I want it to sound like this. There was there was revisions back and forth. So it, it kind of varies, but I think it just kind of depends on the mood because I, I I I'm a space cadet with the music. I can take it somewhere really crazy, and sometimes they might not be. Uh, they might be like, "Whoa, this is this is a lot for." For this situation. And then you put in all that time and effort. Um, yeah. But then what do you do with the project? I'm sure you have a number of these where you sort of produce what you thought would be the product. And then they're like, eh, we don't like it. Try something else. Do you put that on the shelf and it just for nobody? Or do you, do you release it like, I don't know, on Spotify or something for the fans? I, I, honestly, it stays, on, it stays on the shelf. I know. Uh, no way. Yeah, it stays on the That's shelf. painful. I know. I, I man if, if i can show you my like my folder from that stuff it's 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 getting pretty ridiculous i, I have thought about just putting it out on like an ambient situation but i don't know i have it maybe that's something i have to do maybe you're you're putting the spark in my mind right now hey anyway i can help uh you know <laughs> I, I mean, the juices flow in my own head here but my yeah. question i have uh, you know i wonder um just after you've done this for a number of years, have you right. sort of adapted based on the maybe lack of possible lack of communication on the part of the CEOs or the, the, um, the people you're interfacing with Lexus and these other companies, maybe they're not being clear enough uh, as to their expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, and for them to just say, okay, make a song that fits blah, blah, blah video. Uh, well, you know, I need a little more structure there. Are you, what, how have you, how has Malloy James evolved uh, with all of those repeated experiences? Meaning, are you just sort of taking it easy and just having them just producing multiple versions for them being really patient? Or are you more strict with what is your expectations, Mr. CEO of Lexus or representative, whatever. I, so that I don't have to keep making 10, 20, 30 different versions for this project. Yeah. Cause we're time consuming. Yeah, it is. Um, I, th method. I, th I think, yeah, when I first, when I first started this, it was, um, it was exactly what you were saying. I was like, uh, I was making, I when I first started, dude, I was making like, they would tell me kind of what they would want. And then I would make like five different versions of something. Mm -hmm. Of a complete song or just like. Of complete like, songs. I no was way. making 
making five different versions of come out I, I would literally speak to the music directors that are the people in charge of the music for whatever company it was lexus national build like anybody and i'd be like um they would give me kind of a feel and i would say oh yeah like okay that sounds amazing i will have five versions of this for you by the end of like by tomorrow it, it was crazy i i was like I was almost shooting myself in the foot in a lot of ways and trying to be Superman. Because you want so, a job. Because I wanted the job and I wanted to like, because you know, everything springboards off of you do one here, then that. Yeah. So why's your next one? So, but it, it, it was madness. Cause then. You put yourself into a pretzel for them. You know what I mean? And then they were just taking like, they'd say, oh, I like this section, but I like this section. So then now they're taking it and you're like, okay, these aren't in the same key. These aren't in the same, like, I can't take these little parts and put them all into the same thing. So I, I found that was how it started. And then where it's at now is very different where I like to know exactly what they're thinking. Sometimes, I mean, I tell a lot of friends that are wanting to get into this type of stuff. It's okay to just ask for a reference. Yo, do you guys have a reference of yeah, what you reference? Track. It's not cheating. It's not anything. It's not, mm -hmm. it's just, yo, do you have a reference just so I can get even just the textures that you like out of this? I can do it yeah. in a different key. I can use different sounds. I just want to get what, like what you're feeling. And mm -hmm. I think that that's what I tend to do now. That way that I can, I, I as, as little revisions as I can have, I try to, yeah sure you know if it's only oh can you just change this and that's it oh perfect so that's usually how i that's where i was at the beginning that's kind of now where i'm at with it way more like calculated with how i do it yeah otherwise you just get burnt out yeah and i, I did get burnt out so oh yeah <laughs> you've already you've already not, burnt, burnt. not like burnt out in the sense where i don't want to do sound design but like uh burnt out where i had to like I had to go just like take a week and um go somewhere else and not really even touch a like a piano or a guitar or like nothing, not a pedal, not a anything. Cause I just was like doing so much. I was overloading my brain. Five pieces, and some of these pieces, mind you, were like 10 minutes long. So I was making like 10 oh. minutes. Five ten minute pieces. It was it was the, it was it was ridiculous. I don't know what I was doing, man. I was it was overperforming, if you will. Uh -huh. But yeah. you wanted that bad, and 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 now you're uh, now this is your thing. It's a mainstay, right? Now now it's a mainstay, it, which even feels crazy to think about. But yeah, it's it's because it's such an interesting place. You know what I mean? So I'm glad you brought up the you know the challenging aspects of what really is a dream career for many people people who aren't even music would be like damn sound design working for lexus like producing uh, music for these these companies with your bringing in your own personality what an amazing opportunity and and, and i'd love for you to share even some you know you don't have to force it maybe maybe that's pretty much the only negative experience you've had but if there's anything else you'd like to share with us about the various challenges involved in you know what what it means to be a sound designer for for big companies. Um, I'm sure, people would be interested to hear. Yeah, I think um, I think that some of the biggest challenges, though, I haven't run into like a bunch of crazy ones. There are like little ones that are. Um, some of them are. There's so many 
you know, like you start a project and then you're on these chains with 10, 20, these email chains with like 10, 20 different people and a lot of cooks in the kitchen type of situation. <laughs> and it can get a little yeah. like, because you kind of have to read every email, but some of the yeah. emails don't even pertain to you. And yeah. then you have people doing this and it gets it makes it really easy to miss emails, to miss things. Oh, you yeah. Have to, you have to, I've learned so much of a great, great, uh, great team to like keep me in check is like the follow-up is like one of the most important aspects of this. You need to follow up with people so much on these type of like specifically the stuff that I've done with Lexus is like, because it's usually for big it's like a design week situation or a art Basel situation. So that there's so many moving parts that are going into it that mm -hmm. sometimes even you doing something so intricate in particular to the project can even, people can just forget about what that stuff. Cause they're, they're dealing with influences and they're dealing with getting cars there and they're dealing with all this other stuff and talking. Yeah. So follow-up game, if you thinking that they're on their game and they'll just reach, out to you can have you in a bad spot because i've done that before where i've been like okay i sent this to them i've sent these sound assets i can sit back and wait i got my work done early mm -hmm. and then you're waiting for them to respond days go by and now it looks like you haven't done your work early because they're like yo where's the da, 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 da? oh i sent that oh why didn't you say anything oh because i you know it, it could get yeah. it could get tricky so it's like it, it's it's little stuff like that, um, and and it and it's really just about the other thing is like showing early, like you like yeah you do have to over you don't want to super overperform like I did but you want to do enough that you show your value really early on. When you don't do that, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot in a lot of ways. You need to show early on that you're an asset, why you're asset. And then the last thing I think I would say is like knowing the right speed to do things and deliver things. Like you want to be fast and quick, but you don't want to be too fast and quick. It's a really tight what, road. What, what's the downside of being too fast and quick? being too fast and quick in those situations has you in a place where like we're music people, you know what I mean? So the way that we, we know and internalize and understand music is way different. When you're working with brands like that, they're usually not music people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you do it too fast, it could give the illusion that it you didn't put enough effort into it or it was too easy. But if you're a musician, you know that some people are just bad MFs and they're just they're just some bad boys with the keys or bad boys with the stuff. Like they could turn around something really fast. Mm -hmm. And you know that. Like, you know what I mean? There we can name greats and goats and people that we know that are great musicians that could go into a studio and make something amazing in two hours. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. For them, if you're just kind of like turning it in, like, oh, like, oh, can I have this? We want to do this. And then you have it all done by tomorrow. It kind of, in their mind, doesn't register, even if you did it amazing. They, they it, think it, was, it must have been really easy. Exactly. Sometimes it's better to do it 
sit with it a little bit and then send it. You just have to find a nice little like line between efficient and quick, but not too quick. It's, 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 it's games, it's weird games, but. So it's, it's an, there's an element of optics in, um, I guess yeah. the value that you bring to a project. Absolutely. To a certain extent. Absolutely. Very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wild. Those are the little tidbits I've had to, of a growing team. Yeah. The gems, they're gems now. They, they didn't feel like gems in the moment, but they're definitely gems now for sure. Somebody huh. will, will take them as gems, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, you don't want them uh, giving you more work. So, so you're recommending uh, being proactive. So yeah. I don't think you're sleeping on the job, you know, just being proactive, showing that you're really uh, a, an active part of the team. Yeah. And making sure that uh, that uh, you time things appropriately and and factoring in the optics, yeah, uh, with respect to production, and, and, be, uh, well, and also being oh sorry, and also like being super like willing to change, even if they don't want to change something, just being like like oh these those those strings are really. Though, like those strings were interesting. Those are interesting effects. Like, yeah, I, you like those? I could. Do you want me to have them going out yeah. the more of the, the 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 piece? Do you want me to dial it back in? Even if they're like no, for those type for the people that are in charge of those types of things, knowing making them feel like you're so you're super at their disposal, mm -hmm. usually always gets you more more gigs. Yeah, it's funny because I I could I could see this as in corporate speak, so to, you know, yeah. in a sense, uh, oh, interesting could mean interesting, quite literally, or it could mean that kind of sucks, but I can't say that. I don't want to insult yeah. <laughs> the project. So then by you being proactive and saying, well, I'm happy to make adjustments, be flexible, yeah. you win those points. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a, it's like a, it's a dance. And I love it because it, it it's it's hilarious to me how like within the corporate world people just tiptoe around oh, and there could be all this tension but nobody knows it because oh, they're so careful about what they, the way they talk to uh, each other. I mean, you hit it. You just like hit the nail on the head. It's it's so much passive aggressive energy in those places, and a lot of times you're you're corresponding through like before you. The the funniest things, and this is on a lighter side of like it's super passive aggressive because you're responding through emails also. So you don't know, but you do, you will at some point have to see these people uh -huh. in person whenever, when you're on site for something, uh -huh. um, you know, when you, cause when you take the stuff you're getting there, you're testing. Oh, you froze. If that energy is really, if it's really passive aggressive or maybe it was lost in translation and I've seen it be 50, 50 for me at this point where it's like oh like there's some word passive aggressive energy in person also and i've seen it be just like oh this person i think we just got our wires crossed on these emails and stuff i i can't help but smile when i hear about this because i i have a lot of experience <laughs> in the corporate world just yeah. even through music uh like live entertainment music I, i've always felt that as much as i appreciate you know generally you get higher pay for the corporate type gigs Hold on. there's like a soul that's missing like when you're interacting with nice professional, like well-dressed people and, and there's nothing like inherently wrong with how the conversation is going. 
it's like it, it, the dialogue is it's missing that soul like i mentioned it's missing yeah. like that like real genuine connection where you just sort of open up and converse because it's all boils down to money it's, <laughs> it, it, it's hard though it, hmm? it, it's hard for us as musicians because that's what we do we operate off a of soul everything is right soul for right us. you know what i mean we're we're putting our soul that it, you're and you're almost they're almost paying us for it sounds really weird in our soul for our yeah, soul because that you know what i mean they don't know what uh, soul is <laughs> oh, they, no they they, yeah. they 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 usually don't know it uh at all actually um so but it, it, it it's cool i mean i haven't had any any uh, too many bad experiences if i'm being honest like uh the good thing that i will say is like the better you are and the nicer you are the more people usually just get out of your way and let you do what you want. They'll make little tweaks here. And that's what I talked about earlier. I to touch back on it is like knowing when to reel yourself. Love in a project and what a company just on a, on a surface level once will be so different. They'll almost want you to take, I had a project that I worked on when I was working with the the National Building Museum in DC. Yeah. I made this it was it was this huge space. Um I was working with architect Sushi Ready to name drop her. She's amazing. But um mm -hmm. this space was huge. You know, it's huge. It's like all the way up. I don't even know. It's 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 huge. It's it's a crazy place and there are these metal mirrored structures that were floating in the air so i'm thinking okay i gotta compose something crazy and illustrious and have all these and i remember doing it and the piece is amazing i can it was crazy it was elaborate it had all these amazing elements to it. i think i probably it tracks with sounds moving in and out automation crazy it was nuts Mm -hmm. And uh, I sent it and they were like, oh, this is beautiful. I was like, yeah, 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 this is amazing. And it was like, and then they responded to me maybe two days after that. And it was like, yeah, but we were thinking of something very simple. They wanted something like two sounds, maybe some pads in or like coming in and out. So it was really like the, that whole composition ended up being like four, four sounds, like two pads, uh, some strings, now, just, I, I can't help myself. Um, National Building Museum, uh, hopefully yeah. this is the right museum. Uh, give me like, here, just hold this. Yeah. Is it correct? Yeah, is that's correct. Space? Yeah. That's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful space. I just yeah, yeah. To, that, place is, that, <laughs> that place is crazy, yeah. Um, stunning. Yeah, and I would think, yeah, like I would think like symphonic, like full production too. Something, something, oh, they wanted something very stripped down and... Mm -hmm calm and ambient sometimes mm -hmm. simpler gets the job done but you you know as a musician any of us would see that and be like oh this is gonna be i gotta make this it has to fit how impressive the space is but the columns are epic and they're historic epic. even that like greek comes to mind romans like Colosseum comes to mind it's crazy it's yeah, yeah. It feels it's so huge. I didn't realize how huge it was until I was in it. And I just was like, this is 
like I didn't even know this was just sitting in DC somewhere, just like just there. Just it's it's crazy. It's it's nuts. But yeah, something very simple for a space that big. It's like that's not where my mind, but like would have went, but I've learned to try to be able to think on a surface level for somebody who's not a musician and mm-hmm. play in both of those roles to get the job effectively done, you know? Hey, just for those of you who are, who are not watching, but rather uh, streaming this on Spotify or wherever else you might be uh, listening to this podcast interview, National Building Museum, it looks like about five or six stories high and the columns are that high too. So just to give you an idea, like that's why the word Colise- you know, the concept of Coliseum sort of comes to mind. It's a massive, beautiful, well, you know, decorated space. Look like gold special. columns. Yeah, it, it's really special. And that project that I worked on with um, the architect Suchi Reddy just actually won an award, actually like a week ago, for like the best mm-hmm. installation of two thousand. 23 or something like that by like interior magazine so it it, huh. it was a, it was a whole it was an amazing it was an amazing vibe like it's one of the 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 few projects that I worked on that I didn't think I would enjoy as much and then when I got in the space I was like this is probably one of the more enjoyable just ones as a sound designer just to get to take it all in in that space so can you elaborate more on the project? What what happens? They, you know, the the team invites you down to Washington to take a look at the space. You're walking around, you're sort of envisioning what type of music would would be associated with this. Can you just elaborate a little bit? Uh for that, for that project particularly, that was I didn't I had seen the space, but only kind of like how you just saw it on my phone and on so I hadn't even get I didn't even get to walk the space. Unlike um, other ones, like I did in like with Lexus and stuff, I got to like walk those spaces prior, but I didn't get to walk this. This is actually probably one of the the only ones that I didn't walk and take it in before I made the composition. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they kind of gave me free reign, and that's kind of how I got myself into that place with that composition with so many. But they, they the only thing that I that was specified to me was the length of the duration that they wanted and they wanted somewhere to sit around between 10 and 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and I looked up did all the research looked it up and I said the same thing that you said is that this looks like epic this looks like something that needs like superhero trailer something gnarly Mm -hmm. and um and then that's kind of how it went. And then I made I made three compositions and mm-hmm. sent it all to them. And they loved all of them and thought it was really beautiful. But they were like, could you scale this down and make it way less busy? Just make it very straightforward and calm. And I said, oh, okay. Part of me, I had to take my ego out of it a little bit, which comes with the job a lot of the times you know what Uh i mean and um stripped that bad boy down stripped it down went from like 80 80 85 tracks to like four which was nuts muted everything just like i could show you this session man it'd be crazy but i can personally attest that it is one of the most painful things in the world when you feel like you've created a masterpiece and they want to hear one fraction of what you produced It is painful. <laughs> it's like cutting off your leg. Like, it really, is. this is what you want? This is what it's you want really, to hear? 
it's mm-hmm. bad man it's it's yeah. you know i mean now i've gotten a way better like i i don't take it any of it like personally and stuff like that but so now i just i'm kind of like oh okay cool less work for me in the future so i know where to go and i kind of you kind of like make uh every job demands something different but you kind of come up you kind of make your own template for how to deal with these companies and then change things here and there like you know what i mean so but and stuff like that i guess i'm still i I keep harkening back to the same question of why you have to work so hard for them to just reject you and then just have you like why you have to produce three different full full versions of a song um when they could just make your life so much easier like you're getting paid a set you have a set contract so it's like you obviously want the goal is to minimize the effort and to have to spend extensive amounts of time trying to figure this stuff out they could just sort of specify this is what we need or at least allow you to give them like a snippet like an intro or like a one minute like taste of what you envision and like yes yay or nay yeah i just i would imagine that would be a lot easier I've got I, I I think it just really comes down to who you end up like uh, like working with. I think I think mm-hmm. some I think I think that's part of it too, like knowing who you're working with, getting a feel and and knowing like when it it will make sense for you to make those two or three compositions and send it to them because they probably want you to they want to feel more like that like maybe they're not super set in their project where they want to take it and you kind of have to create different worlds for them. Okay. Pick this world. And then once you pick this world, then I can maybe change things, but this is the range you want to stay. And you kind of have to make it for them sometimes. They don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. They want to see what, I guess you produce for them or what you're capable of. So they want a couple different options to select. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I guess there's no way around that. No, you can't get away uh, unless they give you a reference up front. Then that that definitely does make your job a little easier sometimes. So in a sense, you have to really charge accordingly because if they want four samples, you got to charge for four samples as opposed to one. It's true. The best thing that I will say, and I'll I'll give all the people that I've worked with, but especially like Lexus, because they were the ones that I did. I was starting with doing like a ton of work. They're gonna pay you. That even if they don't use the compositions, they've still paid me. He froze again. Amazing. You froze again. The the internet leap uh, connection issue. But you said uh, they they'll pay you for any composition, whether they release it or not. Whether they use it or not, I've been paid for. Yeah, been compos- I've been paid for compositions where, regardless of whether they use it, they still are just like we we recognize that that's a thing. And sometimes they might use it for something else. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. Depending on who I'm working with, I have different. We do different things with like the rights to it and stuff like that. Like sometimes, early on, especially it was easier for me to just kind of relinquish rights to some compositions early on just because I wanted, I think my team around me kind of like drilled in my head that's like, we need our foot in the door first. This is how we get our foot in the door first. Let's build so a what, yeah. So what are you doing now? Are, are you, uh, do, are you specifying a contract? I just want a flat fee or I, I need flat fee plus sync, uh, sync fees 
you know, over, over the life of the, the use of the song? Uh, it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? I think that I'm not super, I haven't been doing this for a decade, but I'm not new in it anymore. So I think that it, it really is about just knowing when and the company, sometimes the company has so much visibility that you, you need to make sure that you have like, uh, like sync stuff in check and, if it's pub, whatever the situation may be. And then some companies are, or some projects are like, I I, gave, I worked on this project um, for what will be the Bobby Onspot um, foundation, but it pretty much was this, this, this artist who created these really dope, like psychedelic machines that were, Kinda can take you to a place like that, like ayahuasca and all these things can mm. without you having to take anything. It's like about continuous eye contact. You get hooked mm. up. To it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's it's like lights and they hook you up to this thing and you're constantly looking at into the it it. it, it All right, I'm losing. I'll say uh, anybody can look it up. They have an Instagram. Um, they have a, they have what, a website and for a second sorry uh the artist's name is bobby his name was bobby on spock so bobby oh. and then a n s and people have this ayahuasca type experience by just looking through the, the these contraptions that it's like a, it's like, a, like you can mm-hmm. he has he made so many but you can like sit in them one of them you can sit in them and you can do eye contact with somebody else and you're covered in all these things and there's there's ambient music going and there's like it 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 I, I, it's really hard to explain you kind of have to see the photos of it like some of them you're on your back you're laying on your back and uh. then it brings you up and then and it's it's it looks like something a mad scientist would make or, or somebody who's high on something. I mean, for yeah. him to have built contraptions like that, he must have done ayahuasca about a million times. It, I don't. I don't. I'm not even sure because uh, rest in peace, he passed. But oh yeah, these things are amazing. But anyway, for a situation like that, I was commissioned to make a composition. You know, something like that. I know it's like they're not a, a huge. That's not a huge name. You know what I mean? They're a foundation trying to do something and it's more about like creating something around the experience you're getting from the things that he created. That's to me, that feels a little bit less of like, I need to hit you with like, you need to be paying me every time you play this song or anything like that. It's like some of it got to be about the passion. The passion. If the good the good standing will will come later on with that type of stuff, mm-hmm. and I I mean I, I sound kind of like charge the big companies but don't charge the but that's that's not really what I'm saying but it, it kind of is, is kind of what I'm saying like yeah like somebody's gonna have maximum visibility Alexis or something like that yeah you might have to give me some of those you know what I mean like yeah I have to work out a sync deal or something like right. that um those assets might be on your social media or. And that does, you know what I mean? So, so you're you registering gotta, the song with like Sound Exchange, ASCAP. Yeah. Sure you get paid. BMI, BMI is, mm-hmm. th- those are my guys right now. Uh, are you able to release a song that you 
sold essentially to uh, a company like Lexus and still post them on your own platforms? Uh, that's a project I could. That's project by project basis, which is good. I don't have like a long continuous contract with companies like that. So it's like we do it based on the project. So for this one, for one, I might not be able to, but this one, I might be able to for this one. For, so for on, case by yeah. case basis. Uh -huh. Yeah, it keeps it, it keeps it nice and doesn't, and it keeps you not having to be tied down because, you know, big companies like that, a lot of the times will have like non-compete clauses. So when you sign stuff like that, so if I do something with them, then I can't work with Audi or I can't work with Ben, Mercedes Benz and stuff like that. And I don't, you know, I mean, we want Interesting. To you want to be able to do it all. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, I like and speaking of do it all, and uh, you obviously have some big dreams uh, ahead of you. Like, what are what are your plans for the next year, next five years? Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? The next, this next year is um, just continuing to do more good sound design work. Um, I have that project coming out um, January 8th is when it, is released it'll be everywhere on all dsp um something died when you left is the title mm -hmm. but um that that will be out having that just get all of the visibility and all the love that it should get um so that's probably like this year and just continuing to get better i just want to really that that sound design space particularly because that's a very um it's this weird kind of like ambiguous space where a lot of people don't really know what it is or how it works. Kind of being a part of or being at the forefront of that would be a goal for this year more and showing that that's more of a possibility for emerging musicians. You know what I mean? Like not everybody needs to be like a composer per se. Mm -hmm. or not everybody needs to be like a gig musician maybe not everybody needs to be a music producer maybe you are better with textures and that type of stuff and manipulating sounds and like bending them to fit spaces better that might be sound design might be your role might be your your look there's not a lot of there's a lot of sound design jobs out hmm. there but not a lot of good sound designers hmm. there's a lot of good producers and composers out there mm -hmm. and not enough jobs for them or at least that's what i that's what i feel like i see but i could be 100 percent wrong also who the fuck am i oh sorry i didn't know if i, <laughs> I know that's really I interesting prefer, that you but... share that because uh you know i don't think that's really an intuitive thing like oh there's not enough sound design um sound designers that are you know that are really talented but there are plenty of producers out there uh yeah. and uh, not enough jobs for those producers. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't have a tab on the market so much. I, I do know that that a lot of people are constantly complaining about how it's uh, saturated because people just they're just happy doing it. People, yeah, people see an opportunity to work in music. Um, they'll give up whatever uh, desk job or corporate job that pays twice as much because it's just they're happy. Fair, uh, fair. I mean that to those people, that's that's what it's about too, though. I'm all about the happiness, man. Like, if you're happy doing it, do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, if it speaks to your soul, that's that's really the most important thing at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, it's a, I, that's how that's how I see it. And I most of the people that I interview, it's just about everybody that I interview. It's really about the joy for them, and and that's yeah. 
generally that's a prerequisite to being successful. If you really love what you do, um, makes it so much easier. But could you share with us, um, just because we, you know, we could, we could talk forever here because there's yeah, a yeah, career, um, and I'm, I know you have a lot of exciting stories. But could you share with us maybe some final words of advice um, or wisdom to to aspiring musicians, people who are interested in entering into the music industry, or just you know love music in general? What what, what do you recommend? Uh, with some words of advice, man. Be fearless is like, and super cliche, I know people say it, but like, usually everything that's good tends to live on the other side of fear. Fear is usually the catalyst for like great change and whatever you're doing, but especially for musicians, we have this thing where we get in our head, be fearless, trust in your taste. At, at Before we're anything, we're tastemakers. This sounds good to us. You're not crazy. Rules are, they're kind of like not real. They're kind of fake. People mm -hmm. break them all the time, follow mm -hmm. them, then re-break them. And mm -hmm. Be fearless with what you want to do. Don't let distractions enter your situation. If that, if that means you got to protect your dream, that's where your heart sits and you know it sounds good, it feels good. That's, that's always the best place to start. So follow your hearts, follow your dreams, be true to yourself and uh, be fearless. Yeah. Uh, there you hear it straight from Loy. Well, thanks for that that advice. And uh, can you tell us uh, where we could find your amazing music? Facts, and, facts. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, could you share with us? I, I just was reiterating reiterating what you were saying to be fearless and to pursue your dreams and you know stuff that you're really passionate about. And I just wanted to ask you to share uh, the best way for fans for people to to reach out to you if they have any questions or or. You know, they want to hear your amazing music and see your projects. Yeah. If anybody wants to reach out, the Instagram is Malloy James Official, all one word. Um, and then Malloy James on all DSPs, Amazon, iTunes, the whole Spotify, the whole Shabam. Um, and then MalloyJames.com also is a good way to get. So it's Malloy James pretty much across all of it for the most part. So not too hard to find. Um, but yeah, those that's pretty much how you would get in touch with me. That's how everybody else gets in touch with me. Uh, and yeah, all of those platforms have emails or you can get in touch with management. DMs. Okay, great. Well, thanks yeah. for sharing that with us. And guys, go check out his amazing projects and his music. Yeah. And I know he's constantly working on new projects. So there's what to look forward to and Please let us know, uh, you know, whenever you want to share any new projects with us, be happy to, to promote it and talk about it. And thanks again for coming on the show, Loy. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing oh, your platform. I appreciate you. And it's really a pleasure. Yeah, man. Same. Thanks so much for tuning into the Soundwave Chronicles podcast, where you can stream our interviews wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you enjoyed the interview and learned something new today. And if you did, please leave a review so we can keep bringing you great content. Thank you and have a great rest of the week.